Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. So tonight we get to talk about one of the letters that is a lot of people's favorite. It's called Philippians, and it was written to a church in Philippi. And I know a number of all different kinds of people who, if they know the Bible pretty well and you ask them, you got a favorite book, they'll say Philippians because it's full of celebration and unity and joy. I mean, he used the word joy over 15 times in this letter. So he's talking about these kind of joyful type things, which is interesting because Paul writes it from prison. It's not something I've talked about much, but over these last few letters, they were kind of all written around the same time, probably like AD 60, 61, 62, somewhere in that range. And they were written when Paul was in Rome in prison. Now, don't picture like a dungeon. He would later spend some time in a, in a dungeon-like prison, but this one was, was just house arrest, basically. And you can read about it in the book of Acts. He was arrested. Um, really, the last seven or eight chapters of Acts are about this whole him being arrested, and then he's moved around from place to place, and eventually he goes to Rome, and he waits there for a couple years in order to stand before the emperor and say, here's what I believe, and that's where the book of Acts ends. And it's during that time that he writes a lot of our letters. So he's writing these letters, uh, Colossians was written in, Philemon was written in, and Philippians is written in as well. And he, he writes this one because people heard about his situation and they were, they were concerned. The people in Philippi really like Paul and they know that he's in prison so they don't know how he's doing and this is his response. And you might think because he's in prison that he might complain a little bit, not at all. I mean, it's the furthest thing from complaining. He basically says, I got nothing to complain about. Why? Because I have opportunities to tell people about Jesus. And even if I didn't, at the end of the day, I've got Jesus, so I'm good. This is the letter where Paul says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is so not about me. And so he writes this letter to make sure that they understand that the path to joy is through humility. It's not about winning trophies or accolades or accomplishments. It's about humbly serving other people, not making it about yourself. And he kind of... He's doing this whole secret to life kind of thing. The secret to life is not, like I said, just making sure everybody else thinks you're awesome or making all your dreams come true. The secret to life is, is finding joy and serving other people. And at the center of this letter, he basically says, I mean, isn't this what we see when we look at Jesus? And so from start to finish, this happy letter really is uh, focusing us on the fact that when we think a lot about ourselves, we tend to be less happy than when we put the emphasis on other people. So tonight, uh, just lean in and listen as we talk about surrendering to the change by embracing uh, humility as the path to joy. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. All right, to kick off tonight, I'm going to need one volunteer from each grade. So I need a seventh grade boy, a seventh grade girl, an eighth grade girl, and an eighth grade boy. All right? Ooh, let's see. Um, you're wearing a tie. You look pretty spiffy. Come on up here. Um, Kimberly. <laughs> yeah, you come up here. No, you don't have to run. Yes. Okay. Do you want to come up here? All right. Yeah. 
right, guys. So here's how the game's gonna go. So there's gonna be there's gonna be logos up here on the screen. And what you guys are gonna do is you're gonna look at the logo and you're gonna try to guess what slogan goes with it. Does that make sense? Right? Are you guys ready? So if you get it right, just scream it out. Or actually, we're gonna do this. If you get if you think you know what it is, run to me and tell me, okay? Sound good? And your team can help you, so you can be listening to your team if you don't know what it is. Alright? You guys ready? You guys ready for it? Alright, let's put it up there on the screen. Yep. Burger King! It's Burger King, but what's the slogan? What's the words underneath Burger King? Do you guys know? Listen. Have it your way. Yeah, have it your way. Woo! Good job, South Great Girls. Have it your way. Ta-da. Alright, you guys ready for the next one? You guys ready? common. There is one reoccurring theme. Did anybody catch it? It's all about It's all about me, right? It's all about you. I'm loving it. Just do it. Help yourself to happiness, right? It's all about me, myself, and I, right? Hey guys. In this world, we're always told that it's all about us, right? From day one, the first day you're born, when you're just a little baby, you cry when you want to be fed. You cry when you want to be held. You cry when you want your diaper changed, right? And then your first words are mine, me, no, and you want it your way, right? If you don't get it your way, you're going to throw a fit. Then you go to school, and you're taught about all this stuff that you need to learn. You're taught about education, and you're told, you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to go? And so then you go to college, and you pick your degree, and your school, and you pick where you want to go, and you want to be successful, right? The point is to be bigger, and better, and faster, and greater, right? And so the whole world around us is telling us it's all about us. If you want to buy it, buy it. If it makes you happy, do it. 
if you don't have your way, get your way, right? But that's not how we're supposed to live. That's not how God calls us to live. In Matthew 5, 13, it says to be the salt of the world. We're supposed to be different. When everybody's around us saying, hey, have it your way, do what you want, be happy, do anything that makes you happy, God's saying, no, be different. Don't be that way. Think of others. And then in Romans 12, 2, he says, let your thinking be renewed. Let it be different from those around you. See, God calls us to be different because he knows that this life of being prideful and thinking that it's all about us is not the best way to live. See, this is a life of comparison. Because when you're only thinking about yourself, you're going to look at this guy over here and you're going to think, wow, he's really good at basketball. I wish I could be that good. And you're going to try to be that good, right? You're going to compare yourself to him. Or you're going to look at this girl and you're going to think, wow, I want what she has so I can be happy. And you're going to compare yourself. Or you're going to look at these people over here and you're going to think, those people are awful. Like, I'm so much better than them. Right? And it's a life of comparison. And the thing is, it doesn't make us, it might make us happy for a little bit, but it doesn't last. And so we're going to be talking about the book of Philippians today. And we're going to be talking about how with pride, when we are prideful, there's always a cost. But humility, humility always leads to joy. But before we dive into it, I just want to pray for us real quick. So will you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Father, just thank you for today. Thank you for each and every person in this room and their stories. And just thank you for how much you love us, God. Thank you that you gave us your word and that you speak to us. And I pray that today as we open up your word that we will learn from you. We will hear what you have to say and that we'll be able to apply it to our lives. You're a good, good father and we don't deserve you. It's your name I pray. Amen. So before I start, I just want to be honest with you guys. We're talking about humility. And when I first found out I was going to speak about it, I was pretty scared because personally, I'm awful at being humble. Every day, I have to get up and I have to decide, it's not about me, it's about them. It's about Jesus, it's about others. But the thing is, I struggle with it so much that sometimes I'm prideful and I don't even notice it. Just little things all throughout the day. And so when I'm talking to you guys about it today, I just want you to know that I struggle with it too. And I can pretty, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the leaders out there struggle with it too. And so if you guys have questions about it or anything, like please talk to your leaders because that's what they're, they're here for you. And they're here to answer your questions. So we're going to be reading from the book of Philippians. But before we start, I just want you guys to know something about Paul. You see, Paul knows what he's talking about. He lived this life of pride. He was a Pharisee. And he thought he was better than everyone else. He knew everything there was to know about religion. He knew everything there was to know about everything. He was bigger, better, greater, faster. And he thought he was right and they were wrong. So he persecuted Christians and he lived in this life of pride. And then Jesus happened and suddenly he's living in a life of humility. And he's humbling himself down. He's getting on people's levels and he's telling people about Jesus. He's being persecuted and beaten. He's been thrown in prison and he's been shipwrecked. And yet, he's writing this letter. He's in prison writing this letter and he realizes that the life of humility is worth it, and it is way better than this life of pride. You get that? Like, the life of humility where he's being beaten and in prison is better than this life of pride. And so when we're reading that, I just want you guys to think about that. Like, Paul is saying, guys, like, this is worth it, okay? So we're going to go ahead and read it. You can just follow along on the screen. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? 
any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the, the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, God gave these words to Paul to write because he knows that a life of pride is only going to destroy us and it's not gonna be worth it. There's always a cost with pride. And although it might make you happy to get it your way and to have things your way for a little bit, it's not gonna last because humility leads to joy and joy is the thing that lasts. So think about your birthday or Christmas. Think about something that you really wanted really bad, right? And you waited and you waited and you opened it and it was great and you, you mean, like maybe your new phone. You used it for a few days but let's be honest, iPhones, there's always a new one, right? And you always want the bigger and better one. So it may last for a little, or it may be make you happy for a little bit, but it doesn't last, right? But joy, joy lasts. See, it's something that God gives us. Joy is when we can, we can celebrate who Jesus is, the fact that he came and died and rose from the dead and that he's coming back. And even though everything around us might be hurting, even though there's pain, we can have joy and know that Jesus is Lord and that God is on the throne. And when we have humility, it's gonna lead to joy. And whenever we're prideful, it always comes with a cost. There's the people on the Tower of Babel who thought they were really big and mighty, so they built this tower to go up to God because they were bigger and better and they were just like God. And then God said, no, you guys are not like me. And so he made them different languages, right? And suddenly, these big, better, greater people can't even talk to their brothers and sisters. They can't go over to their neighbors. They can't even speak the same language. In Proverbs, it says that pride goes before destruction. Destruction. Pride destroys us. And honestly, when you think about it, we really don't have anything to be prideful about. So think about all the things you're good at, right? Good at sports, good at grades, good at being a good friend, good at, the list goes on and on and on. But everything we have has been given from God. What's like, I need one person to tell me what's something amazing, I think it's so cool, that man can do, that man created. What do you guys think? Do you have something? Fire? Okay, so fire is really cool, right? Like you can light the match and start it or everything. Where did fire come from? Friction, who made friction? God, right? Yeah, um, your talents, they come from God. Your family comes from God, your friends come from God. Everything we have comes from God. Even our very breath. When God created the world, he made man out of dust, he made women out of a rib, and he breathed his breath in us. The very breath that you have isn't even yours. And so when we, just, when we think we can be prideful, Literally everything we have is from God. We have no reason to think that we're cooler or better or bigger or faster or greater because everything we have 
is from God. And the thing is, Jesus himself humbled himself. When he came down to earth, he became a man. He left his home in heaven and came and was born as a man and he grew up as a man and he was like us. He left his authority and his power and became like us. And so when we decide to choose pride over humility, it's like we're looking at Jesus and we're saying, Jesus, I know you're God. I know you gave me everything. You created the world. I know you humbled yourself. You became like me. You died on the cross. But I can't be humble. Because when we do that, it's like we're saying we're better than Jesus. It's like we're saying your death on the cross doesn't matter. And even though you humbled yourself, I can't do that because I'm going to choose pride. And it's like you're saying that you're better than Jesus himself. Humility is hard, though. And like I said, I'm bad at it. In order to be humble, you have to, it's a daily choice, and you have to choose to die to your own wants and your desires and your choices. But the thing is, Jesus already lived that life. He came down, he showed us what it meant to be humble, he died the death on the cross, and he promises that he's gonna be there with us and he's gonna help us. And so when you're sitting at lunch and you guys are talking with your friends about this girl who's crazy and who's just, her life's messed up, and you guys are so much better than her and you can't talk to her, think about Jesus. Like, he came down and humbled himself on the cross. And we're all sinners. We all sin. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Think about that when you decide to do that. And decide to die to that desire. Die to the fact that, hey, you may not be cool if you go talk to that person. But Jesus probably didn't look cool when he came down to heaven and lived like us, right? So just to end, I'm going to share two stories. One story is about someone who was humble. Another story is about someone who was prideful. The first story is I go to Ozark Christian College, and one of my professors there, um, well, he's no longer a professor now, but he was probably the most humble man I've ever met. His name was Woody, and if you have leaders that go to Ozark, you could ask them. They probably would agree. He had to get up at 7 every morning and teach a class, but he would get up earlier than that. He would come to school, and he would pray over every single student by name, that's like 700 students every single morning, okay? That's insane. And he would talk to them, and he would get to know them, and like if you saw him in the hallway, he'd be like, hey, how's it going? And like he would actually care. He humbled himself, and that made a huge impact in my life, and I know it made a huge impact in so many others. And the second story is about a time when I chose to be prideful. Guys, I regret it so much. You see, I was in this dance class, and I was one of the cool kids, and I was over here with my cool group, and there's this girl, and she was a mess. She just did crazy things all the time, and she was always by herself. But I didn't want to talk to her, because I knew if I talked to her, I would be stooping down on her level. And I wasn't like that. I didn't make those decisions like she did. And I knew if I talked to her, I would lose my friends, and I wouldn't be cool. I knew if I talked to her, I would just not feel awesome anymore. And so even though this Holy Spirit was saying, Joy, talk to her, tell her about me, tell her about my love, I decided not to. And one day she didn't come to dance class. And I didn't hear from her for about three or four years. And then suddenly one of my friends says, hey, you remember that girl? I was like, yeah. Well, she got kicked out of school because she was selling drugs. And then a few late years, few year late, few you, few years later, sorry, goes by, and I find out that she was drunk driving and got in a car accident, and she was pregnant. 
Guys, I can't tell you how much I regret not choosing humility in that moment and just stooping down and being like, you know what, even though the people might think that you're lower, we're on the same page because we both make mistakes, we both sin, we both choose bad things, but Jesus loves you just the same as he loves me. And I regret not talking to her and I regret choosing pride because sometimes I wonder, maybe if I talked to her, maybe she'd know about Jesus, maybe she wouldn't have gotten kicked out of school, maybe she wouldn't have gone in a car accident. And I pray that someone hum was humble enough to talk to her about Jesus and made friends with her. And I pray that she knows Jesus now. But I just want you guys to know that in those moments when you want to choose pride, when you want to compare yourself to someone else and think that you're better than them, die to that desire and choose humility because humility leads to joy. And when someone comes up to you and says, hey, you're really, really good at that sport and you're so awesome, remember that that talent came from God. And remember to give praise and glory to who it belongs. And when you're sitting at school and you think that you can't hang out with this person because they're not like you and they're not on your level, remember that even Jesus, when he came down to earth, did not consider himself to be on God's level, but he put himself on our level. Pride always comes with a cost, but humility leads to joy. Just guys, remember that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.